Ooh boy. I am Here not, we are, Dennis. Yeah, I am not feeling too hot. Too, what do you mean? This is just another regular episode of Have a Listen to This that definitely came out on time as, you know, as anyone listening later, I mean, months down the track, you won't know whether it did or didn't, but rest assured, it certainly did. Dennis, didn't it? Uh-huh. You know that song, Feeling Hot, Hot, Hot? That is, yep. that song is, I'm the op- whatever the opposite of that. I guess cold, cold, so you- cold, but the, I feel nothing, nothing, nothing is probably the most accurate. Yeah, you feel anguish and oblivion. Exactly. Yeah, you've had a uh, had a big one last night, Dennis. Yeah, you know you're staring to the void, and the void's like, "Let's do shots." It was one of those. <laughs> so Dennis messaged me at I think it was about what was I'll like exactly what t- time time it was. My it oh was, yeah, I can just was... check the message history. Oh, I know what time it was for you. It was half past four in the morning for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, half past one, half past one p.m. for me. A time at which I broadly have in my head that Dennis is uncontactable because he's sleeping, but uh, not so last night. Well, we, I was out. Had a, so there's a there's a concept in Ireland um, called the thirst, which really I, I apologize if this conversation excludes you a little bit because I know I know you don't drink, no, but it happens sometimes where you're like, oh, I don't really want to go drinking, and you have mm. a drink with like dinner, and then it ignites mm. something in you. Oh, truthfully, this this thirst. this thing is a whole. Truthfully, this is a compelling reason for teetotalism. If nothing else. Um, yeah, it sounds like it already. You're not you're not you're not persuading me to change my mind here. Probably, you don't understand. You have this horrible, expensive drink, and then you lose control and have to have more of. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sounds like a great deal. Well, so Dennis Dennis messages me at um at four thirty in the morning his time. You up, and I was playing Gloomhaven with my good friends John and Hugo. So I was certainly. No, I was I was up, but I wasn't up to record a podcast. And also, recording at four thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. with your topic being "I haven't slept yet," is that's a that's an interesting one to want well, to play. I was I was basically like, "Ugh, I'm going to go to bed now, and then I have to get up in like five hours to record with mm-hmm. Riley, and it's going to suck because I'll be hungover yeah. and I want to sleep." And I was like, oh, "But I feel great now." What if well, I just record I, now? Do you know what I really appreciate about that sentiment is you telling yourself as you went to bed, well, you know, I've made an arrangement to record with Riley at such and such a time. I never miss those reco- those recording appointments. Whenever yes. I, Dennis Straniak, make a make yes. a time and a place to record with Riley. And that's one of the reasons this that this episode, of course, has come out on time, Dennis, because we arranged to record and you were there ready to go. You hadn't forgotten about it or anything. Isn't that right? I just, I just forgot. Just forgot. Just forgot. Why aren't did I? No, this. Um, oh no, yeah, no. We, we we pushed it twice this week. Hang on. Yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday morning, your time. I message you like, "Hey man, you ready to go?" You're like, "Oh no, I am. I am not able to record. Um, I no, I forgot completely." I'm like, "That's right, man. Let's do it on Thursday." <laughs> and then on Thursday, you couldn't do it either. <laughs> Now, Thursday's when we normally record, right? Yes, yes. So that's that's like the, you forgetting on Tuesday was fine. The, the on, a, not, on Wednesday night, on I was Thursday. like, tomorrow's no bueno either. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <sighs> but hey, it's all good, man. We made it. We got here. And um, thankfully for me, uh, this also, obviously, we will not be charging the patrons at patreon.com slash have a listen to this for I early access like I we normally flip. do. I can go flip that setting. It's fine. No, no. It, I mean, it won't be coming up on your side of the ledger this month, uh, which is just just all as well, just just as well for me, Dennis, because we made even less money from ads this month. Let's go. We're up on the Patreon. I think we got some new patrons since. So we made even less money. So I'm going to be having a very stern word with Spotify because I don't know what's going on. Right? Their promises that the money would ramp up over time. I don't know if they 
I don't, maybe they were holding the chart upside down. I don't know, but we made less money than we did last month, so I'm very unhappy about that. I well Patreon. and truly have lost this bet. Patreon.com slash have a listen to this. Patreon.com slash half ass history. I I gotta make yeah. this money back somehow. Well, you have to. We'll get into the, the reason. You got you got you got a cloud hanging over you now. You need the you need the you need oh, the money. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, stick around after the ad break. Make sure you listen to those ads and stick around after that because we I'll tell you what, I need every last penny now. We will but we'll uh, but we'll come to that. But a big but, week uh, for you, Dennis, as well. Before we get yes. to my big news, big week oh, for yeah. you, mate. Riley, I can't tell you how many times I've stayed up in the last two years watching a PlayStation Showcase or a State of Play or a mm-hmm. Game Awards waiting for the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake announcement. And this time, I wasn't even watching when it happened. <laughs> I was every, every year when there's been this thing, you've always been like, maybe this is it, right? Like, you've yeah. texted me. You've messaged me with a screenshot of the announcement of the, the of the um, like, when the showcase is taking place. And you're like, it's going to yeah. happen. Right, and then this this year I didn't even get that. You you clearly as soon as you gave up, as soon as you stopped keeping the faith, they came through for you. Well, I just I was at a concert in my defense. I was at a mm. Gogo Bordello concert, but um, I was yeah. People, the, the Metal Gear Solid subreddit. I just sent you the photo of it now. Um, mm-hmm. they'll post all these like Giga Chad snake memes and being like copium. This is the year. This is the time. This is the one. Yeah, all this stuff. Um, and I'll be honest. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, or I guess Metal Gear Solid Delta, they're calling it. Um, Snake mm. Eater Remake, Fall Ground Up Remake. Feels a little hollow, I'm worried. So, first of all, why Delta? Because a triangle has three sides, is that... I suppose. I think, okay. they, I think they thought releasing a game with a three in it would reduce how likely the game was to sell. Yeah, because people um, look at that and be like, oh, you know, I'm sure I, all I need to... I, I can't jump in at number three. I need to... I need to Play one and two to understand the plot of three. You do not. The plot yep. is incomprehensible, regardless of how many Metal Gear Solid games you've played. Eventually, because you, because you, miss, mom says it's because you miss turn now, and you get a slideshow that ties it all together. But um, yeah, I don't know. Kojima's obviously not in any way an affiliate. They haven't said who, what studio is developing it. Like mm-hmm. Konami's logo isn't even on it. It's very mm. weird. It feels very. You guys working on this for a long time. We need to get something out the door, or the investors are going to be pissed. Yeah, this is the um, Elder Scrolls Six um, panning over the top of the mountains just to prove that yes, it oh, exists. Oh, it's a little, it's, it's a little, it's a little more than that. But it is just, it's just a cinematic trailer, no gameplay, nothing in engine. So I don't know. I wait with um, cautious optimism. I would say for those who need to be caught up on the on the Metal Gear Solid lore for Dennis, uh, Dennis, massive fan of the franchise, has played all oh, yeah. all the games, hundred percent at all of them, and hundred hundred percenting a Metal Gear Solid game involves playing. Each game at every difficulty, there are like six different difficulties, mm-hmm. knocking out every individual guard in every individual game at every individual difficulty because they have different dog tags, like different yeah. collectibles it's only at really each difficulty. T- it's only really two that has that. But yeah, to be honest, yes, 100% Metal Gear Solid game does require very much squeezing it's not, every it's, last drop I of mean, juice out of the orange. A good friend of mine um, 100% at Spider-Man and was talking about how he doesn't normally 100% games. But this, but the PlayStation Spider-Man game is that good that you just you you want 100 percent because you want to get every last bit of content. Was that, out that, was, that, that was that was that me? I did that. You 100 percent as well. Yeah. No, I was, I was talking about my friend Danny. Oh, no, I did different the different friend. Exactly the same, the same thing. thing. I was like, I was like yeah. ah, this game's really well made. I'll just do it. Yeah, exactly. Genuinely, Go and find all the backpacks or whatever, just because it's a really really fun game. But that wasn't a penance, you know. That wasn't a hard task. Whereas Kojima, he's taken no prisoners, just like no, you, I, as you I, kill all the guards exactly. and take the dog tags. I uh, well no to get the to get the top ranks you have to kill nobody get seen by nobody but um, I I 
complete Metal Gear Solid games, truthfully, the, the closest thing I can liken it to, it's like a pilgrimage, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard, it's brutal, it's long, but the journey and the suffering is part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, the reward's largely in, insubstantial. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've seen I've seen that. I mean, to be fair, it was the first time back back in the day when you play a video game, you'd want like a big, cool, meaty cutscene at the end. And man, did Metal Gear Solid deliver on those? But um, they're re- they're releasing a remake or like a sorry, a re-release of one, two, and three this year. I'll play them yes, again. Yes, I'll yeah, do it play again. them again. I'll, yeah, we'll do it yeah. again. Little trip down memory lane. Absolutely, just grapple with the unplayability of twenty-year-old games with no auto save. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Uh, one of gonna, Dennis um, gonna also made me play through all of the Metal Gear Solid. Well, no, we didn't play. We, we didn't play just five, but we played one, two, three, and four together. F- five is the one. I, you, five is the one I think you would enjoy the most, honestly. Probably <laughs> because, it, by all accounts, it's just the best video game. But look, Dennis, I will admit, one was terrible, two was worse, three, three was good. Three was a good video game. Like I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna pretend it wasn't. Particularly because we played the re, not the remake. What was it? The updated thing, like three point five, three and three point five edition. What yeah, was exactly. it? Exactly. Subsistence. Where they fixed the camera controls and it actually yeah. just played like an actual video game. It was it was good. But I'm not a Metal Gear Solid fan, I wouldn't I wouldn't say. Dennis, on the other hand, when Metal Gear Solid Risk came out, he bought two copies, one to play with and one to keep in the plastic shrink wrap. So still that should another, still, that, still still haven't opened the to play copy either. So you got <laughs> two copies two just sitting there in the shrink wrap, ready to go, ready to ready to sell them for you know slightly less than you paid for mm-hmm. them when you finally need what's the cupboard the, space. What's the closest thing for you? That like is it Zelda? No, definitely not. No, I like. The I haven't Elder even Spurs? played all the Zelda games. Um, the, there are some the like I've 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 never finished I never finished Majora's Mask. I haven't finished Skyward Sword. Like I haven't I've done that. Is it like Pokemon? Is it, but is it like is it? But is it like the Mountain Goats? Like does it have to be a video game? I guess. No, because the Mountain Goats was again like there. I know every word to every song from five of their albums. Right, like it still can still play the entire Sunset Tree on the guitar, right? Um, but then, like, yeah, getting into Knives, the one with the Legend of Shavu, I don't even know the the one with the the one about wrestling with Shavu Guerrero on it. Like, I don't know, I don't even know the name of that album because, like, I never got into mm. it as heavily as I did when I was. Yeah, what am I into to the degree that you're into Metal Gear? Metal Gear, Metal Gear. Discworld, Discworld. <laughs> Give me your lunch money. Are you kidding? Dennis, it's literature. It's a Shut high up. art. It's a pursuit of truth and beauty. You're worm. You're uh, wriggling around in the ground like a worm in in a in a video game about I don't know. I don't know what it's about. To be I could tell you what it's about, but we don't have the time. Maybe let me tell you. Uh, in a forty minute podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Something I want to touch on before we hmm. get to your um. Your 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 section, Riley. No, no, we got plenty of time. I, I want to hear more about Metal. I, like, I I want to hear you. I, and I know the listeners do too. Like, it, it it as much as I tease you about this, like, it is a joy listening. One time, I, I, like, I used to work as a trivia show host, right? Yeah. And one time after a trivia show host uh, after a trivia show finished, I just got chatting to this guy at the pub I was working at, and he was telling me about how he brews beer at home. And it sounds like the sort of conversation that would just be like, oh my goodness, get me out of here. But it was so, because he was a chemist, right? He was someone who was just interested in chemistry. And so he he applied that to brewing beer. And it was so interesting. Like, I don't even drink beer, but it was so interesting to hear a guy I have a friend, that does, was, I have a friend who's a chemist that does exactly this, interestingly enough. I think it's it a very really, common path. He was really passionate, right? And he was really into it. And maybe you've had the same sort of conversation with your friend. But just talking to someone who is an expert or really into something, it's it's... It's passion. Passion is infectious. Right? Passion is infectious. Yeah, exactly. But there's so it, it's a lot of that has to do with the person. 
there are some people who will talk about something that I am tacitly interested in. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> like, this well, Dennis, is who... you know, with hundreds and hundreds of podcast episodes under our belt together, you'll be surprised to learn I do like listening to you talk about the things you're interested in. So, you said you were cautiously optimistic. Let's get into that. I'm conflicted, right? I'm a Metal Gear stand through and through. Love it. Kojima stand. Yeah. Bought Death Stranding. Bought the director's edition of Death Stranding. Haven't even played it. I was. It's. I'm, it's like when you. It's. It's like a tip in a restaurant for me. Yeah. For Hideo, yeah. Right. That's the well, relationship you, I have. You just want. This. You want that. That. That mark on the ledger for whoever's whoever's holding the purse strings of the next Hideo Kojima game, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I am a big believer in voting with your wallet, and that's how mm-hmm. I vote with my wallet, right? Yeah. So yep. the problem is that Hideo had a very, very rocky exit from Konami. Mm-hmm. Um, they fired him like mid-game, canceled his upcoming Silent Hill game, which we were very excited for, wouldn't let him go to award shows to accept um, awards from Metal Gear Solid 5. Metal Gear Solid 5 is d- completely unfinished. Like, the game kind of just runs out of steam three quarters of the way through. All this stuff. But, and he, he's completely cut ties, doesn't talk about it anymore, went off, mid, started his own studio, made Death Stranding, his man never Death Stranding to it, etc. Which I'm a yeah. big fan and of. He's, and he's doing fine. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he's doing he's doing great. No, no concerns He's there. doing fine. Yeah. The part is, I had me and a lot of people reading on like Twitter and, and Reddit and stuff now have to ask ourselves, are we Metal Gear Solid fans? Mm. Or are we Hideo Kojima fans? And the, now, I know, like the little the little that I know about the Metal Gear Solid fan base is because the, there are Metal Gear games, not Metal Gear Solid games, but there are Metal Gear games, right? Like Metal Gear Survive, which were made yes. without Kojima, and everyone hates them. So yep. like you're allowed you're definitely allowed to I mean, I guess most fandoms hate aspects of their you've seen all the spider-man discourse at the moment about uh, mm. it's just absurd how much spider-man fans seem to hate spider-man but it, it does seem that there is a pretty clear dividing line within the metal gear fan base about which games you are allowed and not allowed to like yeah and konami was very clearly the villain of the story konami just mm-hmm. decided at one point that they didn't really want to make video games anymore because they're too expensive and mm-hmm. say they wanted to make pachinko machines and own health clubs instead and someone mm-hmm. said that I read an article the other day about a couple of software developers, a, 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 like a multiple dozens number, apparently, um, who were moved off software dev jobs to be janitorial staff in Konami's health clubs because Konami, Konami was just hoping they would quit. Oh, so they retrenched them. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's, you know, some, that's yeah. like some cartoon villain... It's oh, wild. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, and this is who will be getting your money when you buy Metal Gear Delta. Yeah. So that's there's a little bit of hmm. that. Hmm. Um. I wish. I wish. And he he never would. But I wish. Truthfully, I wish Kojima would just tell me what to do, Riley. I wish he oh. would just tweet. Mate, do you reckon we could get Kojima? Do you reckon we could get Kojima on the show? He has a Give podcast. Him, he has a podcast. He, we he could, we sp- could. it's sponsored and produced by Spotify, so you could probably. <laughs> Oh, I may, I'll get in touch. I'll, I'll I'll send a message to my contacts at uh, Spotify and see what I can do. The cat is going. The cat's doing bloody. Are you trying to get to the bloody feline 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 Olympics? Go. She's like jumping off the walls, mate. Does Yuri do that? Like backflips uh, so, off the wall. Sometimes, if I'm playing with them, he'll backflip to like try catch like a feather on a stick. But no, he doesn't. He doesn't do like the Matrix wall run flip. No. So Scotia does this relatively regularly, and Megan said something that absolutely sent me right. So she runs up and down her hallway and does these little things where like she will, yeah, do a little Prince of Persia type, run along the wall for a little bit and jump off. And Megan one night looked at me and she's like, 
I wonder if Scotia realizes that she doesn't look as cool as she thinks she does when she does that. Because <laughs> it does look kind of dumb. It looks like a um, looks like a teenager who's just bought their first skateboard trying to do an ollie and not really getting it. It's not as impressive as I think she thinks it is. Just like Megan said, it's very funny. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I love that sentiment of like, I bet she thinks. Because when you mentioned it and described it, I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. Which I assume yeah. is exactly what she wants. <laughs> that's yeah, it's what she wants. She can. I mean, when she jumps really high, it is kind of cool. But most of the time, she just like kind of kicks up her feet a little bit on the side of the wall, and that's it. And then we've got a wall full of paw prints that we're gonna have to clean off. Anyway, um, so cautious optimism because yeah. first of oh, all, Kojima's not involved. They haven't said what de- what developers are working on it. So we don't. I don't yeah. know what studio's making it. Konami didn't put their mm-hmm. name on the trailer, which is a very strange thing to do. Yeah. Um, I think what has definitely happened is they've seen how much money Capcom have made with all the Resident Evil remakes, RE2 remake, yeah. RE3 remake, and um, now RE4. And they're like, oh, we could do that. Yeah. And if they yeah. do exactly what Capcom did, 10 out of 10. Let's so go. What did, Cap- what did Capcom do? Remade them very lovingly from the ground up as good new games. I think they also priced them quite aggressively. I think they're like 40 bucks. Okay. Um, I do not expect Military Delta to be. I expect it to be a full press game just knowing yeah. Konami. I don't know they, 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 Konami don't care at all about like the quote unquote legacy of the game and yet he had all this stuff mm. they're, not, they're not good custodians of the Metal Gear franchise no but if the people working on it are and are given the resources and time to be that then it's fine mm. someone, point, someone pointed out the other day to me that um, the developers and the people the directors and the artists and everything on this game probably love Metal Gear Solid 2 and that's that's something. Well, hopefully know? they like Metal Gear Solid Three as well, Dennis. <laughs> um, but you know, look, uh, we said before, um, uh, my my loyalty appears to extend to both because I'll I'll buy Death Stranding Two on day one. I also just pre-ordered the Metal Gear Solid board game Konami Publishing, so let's go. I'm just mm-hmm. in. I'm yeah. in. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. You're buying Metal Gear Solid Delta day one. Day it zero. Would ha- I Pre-order. Don't know, yeah. I don't know what could happen. Actually, uh, let's say, what if it were being developed by Ubisoft? Done, no problem. You think I won't really? collect all those what if snakes were... on a big map? Let's go. <laughs> what if it were? What if it were being developed by the people who make Rage Shadow Legends? I'm gonna probably buy it. I'll, pro- I'll probably buy it. Probably still buy. It. I mean, buy it for the story at least. Anyway, you get you get a good story out of it. Riley, if I lived in Japan, I would have gone to play the Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater Pachinko Machine. So, like, if they had it here. I would have played it. Yeah. Yeah, and you would have bought one and shrink-wrapped it so you could sell it at a later date, exactly. Oh, I couldn't. Um, they're, so loud, they're so loud. I've been to a pachinko hall before. It is truly cacophonous. It's the ones that... Pachinko's the thing where the ball drops down from the top and goes bing-bong-bong-bong down into the... That's, that's plinko. So it's oh, very pachinko? Similar. It's kind of the same thing. It's it's in that same space. Um, it's, it's, like, it's like vertical pinball slot machines. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a like the ball drops down and yeah, I'm looking at them now. Yeah, the ball drops down from the top and it like it plinks off all the little sticks that are sticking out and then it falls in a thing at the bottom depending on which Yeah, but if it's just sticks, I think that's called plinko. Oh, okay. Um, I think I think pachinko has like weird like um um Oh, so it's like a Pokémon situation. A plinko evolves into a pachinko. Evolves into a pachinko, yes. I see. Okay. But if you, right. you, you I mean, right, you've been in casinos. You've seen how loud like casinos yes. are and stuff yeah. with all the slot yeah, the overstimulation is Imagine right, if yeah. slot machines had ball bearings just dinging around inside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As if That's they, what as pachinko they, machines are. There's like okay, these things are great all the flashing lights and the the beeps and the boops, but is there a way that we could make it even noisier? 
Yeah, yeah, and and at a different different level on the on the sound spectrum. You know what I mean on the audio uh, on the audio spectrum. Is there a different way that we could really make it just cacophonous? They are intense, um, but yeah, Konami makes pachinko machines, and they released a Metal Gear Solid Three pachinko machine with a bunch of cutscenes from the game rendered in like Unreal Engine. <laughs> looks what? amazing, and. Oh, I'm looking was, at it here. Wow, it. yeah, it's it's pretty. Looks form. good, dude. It looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a, the it's it looks like a well, it looks like an actual modern video game rather than, <laughs> rather than the uh, blocky monstrosity that is the older. It's funny, you know, when you go back and like when I went back and played Morrowind recently, mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, no, these graphics really are just terrible. But in your mind, you sort of remaster it, right? Oh yeah. Um, and you think, oh, it's not actually that bad, right? But when I go and look at screenshots from Metal Gear Solid 3, because I played that as an adult and I played that right after playing 1 and 2, I look at screenshots and I'm like, oh, it actually doesn't, oh, it doesn't, look, it doesn't look that bad. Yeah, man. Because my, in my head I'm thinking MGS1, MGS2, which looked like they were Paper made credits. for the, the Texas Instruments TI-84 calculator. So I yeah, mean, anyway. MGS1 is a PS1 game. It's fans. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited, anyway. though. It'll be yeah. a good day. I'll take, well, the, I'll, good. take, I'll take the day off work. It's going to be great. Good luck. Good luck. I hope your cautious optimism... I hope, I hope the the caution is needless and the optimism is rewarded. Dennis, I really you know, do. Riley, you hope the caution never extends to an alert. Okay, sure. Uh, listen, Dennis, i got to get paid, so we got to play some <laughs> We'll get to that in a second, yeah. <laughs> the reason i got to get paid, as well you know... Dennis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is I just bought a house. Whoa. Like, I mean, that's a big, big step, a big investment. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Thank when you. people think, like, Riley, you are, not a, you are not a man of material pleasures, I wouldn't say, right? Like, mm. I don't think, I, I wouldn't say you're particularly materialistic, or at least you're frugal to the point where you, I, would not, I, I would call you, no, I wouldn't say you're a man of material pleasures, but you're definitely, you're definitely very frugal. So when you say you bought a house, I don't think the thing they're is, when, be when like, you say when you say you're a man of man of material pleasures, that people who aren't that like you're saying that in, in opposition usually like people who aren't into like you know it's like that things or experiences type thing. I'm kind of neither. I'm kind of just yeah. Like, well, no, you do. You, well, no, you do get a lot of joy out of things experiences. You're just very selective, but that's all. very very selective. Yes, yes. I live. Um, so I think I'm. I, I believe it's very generous and diplomatic for you to call me frugal, Dennis, because often you know the word tight ass is often thrown around. Skate, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. We can, we can, uh, we can move past that. But, uh, but I think when you say you've bought a home, people are going to yeah. be like, "Oh my god, Riley's done something crazy. He's gone out and bought a house for like a million dollars or something." And that's obviously not what we're talking about. Dennis, obviously, I didn't spend a million dollars on a home. Of course not. Don't be ridiculous. I spent more than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bought a house that. Um, look, I tell you, I, if if it's not, it's not. million, uh, but it is a seven-figure home, Um, which, look, that's in Australian dollars, and it's also in the Australian real estate market, so keep that in mind. Australian real estate Australian dollars, that is genuinely about $650,000, €600,000. So when when Riley's like, well, it's in Australian dollars, that sounds like a meager defense. It does actually almost half the number, (laughs) to be fair. Yeah, yes, this is a house that in the US would would be $650,000. Well, no, in the US, I think it would even be cheaper than that because Australian real estate is just ridiculous, right? Anyway, it's a nice house, and I feel very lucky to have bought it. Um, Congratulations on the debt, bro. Let's go. Well, we'll come to that. But I'm very, very aware debt, of my privilege. Debt, debt, debt. Sorry. Very aware of the fact that it is. I'm very, very lucky to have been able to afford this. But I'm also proud of the fact that I did it myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. Like, 
often you see those articles. It's like, you know, this 25-year-old has just bought their second investment property and is saving $10,000 a week or whatever. And you click and into then, it and it's like, with a small gift of a quarter million dollars from his dad. So yeah, yeah, and, a, and an imper- inheritance from the great uncle and all that sort of stuff. And it's that thing that, you know, the say the line, Bart, that, uh, there's always that. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any handouts. I didn't do anything. Like, the, the, the biggest handout I got, Dennis, was when I won $5,000 on the Channel 7 game show when I was like 24. Um and why have, why have we not the, talked about this in the podcast? I've never heard about that. Uh, well, we'll, well, we'll come back. To, anyone who listens to the Hamish and Andy podcast will already know the story because I actually told the story on that podcast years ago. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, did it myself. And I do feel a level of pride uh, having done that, but also just a level of deep and abject terror because uh, when I say, like, when I go to the doctor and I say, I don't drink, I, they roll their eyes and they assume. Yeah, okay, sure. Everyone says that. Of course, yeah. Of course, you don't drink. And I'm like, no, no, I actually don't drink, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the same this the same attitude that I want you to take with you when I tell you that I've never been in debt. Yeah, I, guess I, had, I mean, I, 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 I no, I did have student loans. I guess I had student loans. I've never had a credit card. I've never had a car loan. I've never bought anything that I couldn't just afford myself by paying I mean, for I, it. Ever. I'm the same. I'm the same, and I didn't have student loans either. I think that it's. I think it's. A, and most of our audience is American, so it's okay to. I think it's good to qualify this. Yeah. Um, being saddled with debt immediately as you in your late teens and then for the mm. rest of your life is a very Europe is not a very European, it's a very American phenomenon. Yeah. And when I say student loans, I mean I had to pay, I think it was a total of thirty thousand dollars total for my graduate for my bachelor and postgrad. So not a huge amount, right? In I the in the broad scheme of things, right? And, and it very an extremely low interest because it was a government loan. So, in our like I think it was a twenty x translation, twenty five hundred euro a year. Do you undergrad? Yeah, yeah, it's about that. It's about yeah, probably about that. About five thousand, five thousand dollars here or so. So it must have been less actually. I don't know. Anyway, hmm. point is, point is, I got across the line by myself, and I feel very happy about that. But Dennis, more than anything else. I feel very happy that the whole process is over because holy moly. And again, I recognize that I'm complaining about something that I'm, I'm complaining about having been able to do something that I'm very lucky, very, for, very privileged to have been able to do this. But oh my goodness me, <laughs> the process of buying a house is one of the least enjoyable experiences I have ever been through in my life. I, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are doing the same thing now, or trying to. Oh, or, my and my thoughts and thoughts and prayers, mate. Oh my goodness, these poor people. It does not feel uh, at any point in it like you're trying to give someone a bunch of money. Every step feels like they're doing you a favor. It's awful. I couldn't agree more. That's such a good way to put it. It's a, it it is a penance from go to woe. And going in as a first home buyer, not knowing how things work, it's mm. like you're you're playing a game that that everyone else knows the rules to, and you don't, right? Oh, O'Reilly, you submitted your bank statements, but you didn't. You didn't submit the paper copy. Oh, but it's not you even that. It to us in the same when sent to us on the same Wednesday. But Ooh. it's not even that. It's like even as you go into the inspection, the vipers, Dennis, the absolute mm-hmm. snakes that real estate agents are. The moment you step into a house, they are on you. They're out mm-hmm. for blood. These oh. I'm very sorry to no, I'm not sorry to any real estate agents listening. Real estate agents are awful, 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 awful people. Like as just broadly speaking, the experiences that I've had with real estate agents have made all that stuff about you know you, people like parking, uh, parking inspectors, uh, re- used car salesmen, 
mm-hmm. real estate mm-hmm. agents, these people that, that we sort of are generally rude to and it's sort of like we, we can be like They're rude villain about. jobs, and, yeah. Yeah, villain, right? And, oh, it's absolutely deserved in the case of these people. You go into a house inspection and all they're trying to do is figure out how much money you've got, how, how much of that money they can get out of you for a property that isn't, isn't worth it, right? The whole mm-hmm. thing is just, they're just charlatans, right? They are snake oil salespeople. And the worst part of it is, so day one, when we started looking at, at properties, I went, went to this place. So it's, it works a little differently in Australia. From what I understand, Australian property market's really weird, but you don't, have, you don't get shown around a house by a realtor, right? The realtor works purely in the interests of the, of the seller, not the buyer, and will announce on the listing online, this property is open on this day at this time. Come if you want. Well, they have right? open viewings here too. Yeah, that's very common. Well, but in the States, it seems like you make an appointment with a realtor and they take you around sort of one-on-one and they also like kind of work in your interest as well. Like, I don't know. You can do, I, you can do both. I don't well, know. The anyway. work in your interest, I think, is a smokescreen. But, um, yeah. Okay. Well, well I, there, there's an interesting, yeah. there's a Freakonomics thing about this where real estate oh, yeah, agents yeah, yeah. are incentivized to sell your house fast more than they are to sell your house for a high price. Yes. Real estate agents aren't trying to get the highest price for you as a seller at all. They're trying to get the quickest price for you. Because if this, they, because they, let's say they make a 5% fee, uh, mm-hmm. It's less than that, but like whatever. Let's then make it the average fee every Close. ten. The average, grand. the average in Australia is two point seven percent, and I know that now, and I, it's That's very high. frustrating that I know it. It's so annoying. Anyway, go on. Um, if they spend an extra month, you know, putting an effort doing these uh, listings and stuff to get you an extra twenty grand, not that doesn't translate event. to very much money. They're not. They should just sell it and move on to another one. Get in it. Yeah, it's it's a numbers game. It's just getting yep. this. And the way that they prove this, the way that Malcolm Gladwell proved this, is by examining the listings of. Um, yes. estate agents selling their own homes, which were on yeah. average on the market for longer than them trying to sell, because obviously then they want to hold out for the highest price possible. Anyway, yeah, because they get ninety eight percent or a hundred probably in reality. Day one, walk into a house, and I'm asked, you know, take your shoes off, come through, no worries. Oh, can we just get your name, phone number, and email? And I'm like, Yep. Why? And like, oh, it's just for insurance purposes. You know, you're coming into something. I'm That's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> fair enough, right? Okay, fair enough. Like if something goes missing, you know, they want to call you, whatever. So okay, sure, no worries. Give them, give them my details. We went to five houses, day number one, right, on the Saturday. Pilgrimage all around the Sunshine Coast looking at these different places. That afternoon, my phone wouldn't stop ringing. Mm. Hey, mate, just calling to check. What did you think of the house? And like for most of them, I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm not really interested. I'm trying to be polite. One guy wouldn't let me get off the phone. I was like, yeah, no, it's fine, mate. But look, honestly, just not what we're looking for. And he goes, okay, so why was that? I'm like... Just not like not the kind of property that I think we could see ourselves in. It's like okay, so what was sort of so what were some of the things you liked about the property? I'm like, I don't know. It had a door that you could get in and out of. Like, what do you want from me? I'm like, look, mate, I I just I'm not interested in this place, so I don't really know what to tell you. He's like, okay, well, the place is going up for auction. I'm like, all right. He's like, uh, so what would you pay for it if it were going to auction? I said I wouldn't. And he goes, uh, I I understand you're not interested in the property. That's fine. Like we've we've covered that. But if you were to bid an auction for a property like this, what would you pay for it? I'm like, I don't I understand. Wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't. Like, I just wouldn't. He goes, mate, look, I understand you're not interested in the property. We are trying to set a reserve, get a sense of what the what the market thinks that the the place is worth. So, if you just give me a number, how much do you think this place should be sold, sold for? And I was like, $50. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, mate, come on. Like, as if I'm doing the wrong thing. He's like, come on. Let, let's be serious. Give me a number. I'm like, let's be serious, mate. I don't want this house. I Like, $50 is a stretch because now I've got the hassle of owning a house that I don't want to live in. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't stop doing this to me. <laughs> and this was the experience I had with people. And I immediately realized I stopped giving them my number. I started giving mm-hmm. them a fake number, right? Mm-hmm. I do owe another, 
uh, this poor woman somewhere else in Australia, I owe her a deep and humble apology. Were you even the same number every time? I get, well, I had to. I had to because you see the same real estate agents over and over, right? And so you mm. see them. You can't give them a different number every time, right? Yeah. But I didn't check that this, fa- this number was like- A dud, yeah. A dud. And so this poor woman has been getting phone calls, right? Because I rocked Wait, up. It, have, have you heard about this? Yeah, this because I rocked person? up. No! I rocked up. <laughs> this poor woman. So I rocked up at, a, uh, at an inspection and- the guy, like, because obviously these real estate agents, they call hundreds of people, right? So they don't yeah, remember you. But this guy, he was, I think he, I don't know what, but he must have clocked me. And he's like, hey, mate, I, I tried to give you a call about that last place you looked at, but some woman named blah, blah, blah called up, picked up. And I was like, oh, that's weird. She's like, <laughs> do, do you know? I'm like, oh, sorry, mate. I, yeah, don't, don't know about that. And he's like, well, did you, you know, I just want to check I've got the right number for you, for you. And he read it off and I was like, oh, no, sorry, mate. No, that, yeah, it must have, you must have put it in wrong or something like that. This is my real number. Gave him a different number that I had checked was fake. Um, and he's like, yeah, okay, no worries. Well, that's all good. But, you yeah, know, I heard from him and then from a couple of other agents that they had not been able to get through to me because I'd given me given them. So this poor woman, she would have got 50 phone calls a week from these agents. So Listen, I know, you're interested, I know you're interested in the house and I know you don't live in the um, city we're trying to yeah, sell. I know, you live, and, in, uh, I know I, you live in Western Australia. Two, you, yeah. you know, you're 5,000 kilometers away. But, uh, but if you had to pay for the house, how much do you think you'd want to pay for an auction? Just if you had to. Think of it. Oh, so it was an absolute penance. It was a penance, and I'm so so tired of dealing with real. There are a couple of decent ones. Um, there are a couple of okay. Well, there was some that like, there was one that was so bad I complained to her boss, right? Because she just whoa, wouldn't. why? Well, because she, she followed me out of the house. We oh, I, we left, and she was hounding me because a lot of them don't say how much the house is, how much they want, right? So there was this one woman. That's said, unusual. So houses here, very, I, I no, mean, no, no, very expensive houses here will be for auction, but most of the time, million euro homes will have an asking price here. No, very common here that it's like contact agent. So we were about to leave Ugh. this place, and I was, we weren't interested in it, but I was just curious to see what they wanted to get a beat on, like what the, well, what the that guy feels. sellers thought it was worth, right? So I said to the agent, I was like, um, you know, what what are the sellers looking for for it? And do you know what she said? I'm this is, I'm, it's not a joke, right? I couldn't believe she said this, right? Looked at me dead in the eye, and she said, "How much you got?" And I was just what? like, "That is not how this works." Weird. Imagine. Vibe. Imagine going into a, like a H and M, right? Yeah. And there's a pair of jeans, and they don't have um, they don't have a price tag on them. You take them up to the register. Oh, sorry, just want to check how much this is. How much you got? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I got I don't know, like eighty bucks. Yeah, they're eighty dollars, seventy nine ninety five. Yep, yep, perfect. I couldn't that believe it, it. This seems to be a uniquely Australian thing. So like, it, our, I think, Ireland- I, the, the Australian property market is is so I, every every like I've, I've spoken to a friend in Canada, spoken to a friend in the US. Everyone I've spoken to that isn't Australian is like, it works like that? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have asking prices. Sometimes they'll be open viewings, but more often than not, you'll book a viewing. Um, yep. Like I said, there will be an asking price. They do hand you a little bit, but nowhere near as much as sense. But that, that might just be like a, um, is the market, the market's not soft there. Is it like, these, are houses flying off the shelves or are they staying there up a lot? No, Australia is known for its capital growth and the market is, is very, like, in Australia, you know, having investment properties, being a leech mm-hmm. on society by, by being a landlord is something that is generally seen as being very positive. People, it's aspirational to own property and like and multiple properties. Um, and it's something that, yeah, informs the market. I think it's a very, 
volatile and fast moving market it's it's awful it's an awful thing anyway that so there's this that's woman odd. they can afford to be much more relaxed than like estate agents here in stuff that no because they want the sale they want sales and they want them they want them quick they want them fast they want as much money out of you as possible right? like nick and i went nick and i went to a viewing a while ago for an estate that they were still building right so like yeah. they were like all right we've built a couple of these show ha- of the houses to show the rest will yeah. be done by the end of the year you can buy them and then move into it when it's done in september or whatever right yeah, and those were some laissez-faire real estate agents in there. Let me tell you, they were sitting to them, just chatting in the kitchen. You had to like go up to them if you wanted a brochure. I would like it was love that. I would love that. Yeah. Like, but in their defense, I, by the time we left, like thirty minutes later, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're sold out of this, 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 and this." Yeah. And like these two kids, and I was like, "Okay, well, geez." <laughs> well, over here they absolutely hound you. I made Megan so uncomfortable because I just started being rude. Like they, <laughs> they these, you know, these agents, like they take advantage of social norms, right? Oh yeah. To extract information and data out of you, even when you clearly. So, th- so this this real estate agent, right? She goes, "How much you got?" I said, "Well, no, I asked first, right?" And she goes, "Oh, they're looking for this much." I'm like, "Okay, no worries, thanks very much," and and went to went to leave, right? And she's like, "Well, how much? You know, what's your budget?" And I said, "Well, no, we're still figuring that out," which is what I always said because I'm not giving them an inch. Anyway, so she then followed us out of the house and down the driveway, right? Hounding me and being trying to talk to me about this property. I'm like, look, we're just, we're really not interested. And she's like, oh, you first time buyers? Yes. Well, you know, how you find? I'm like, and I turned to her and I said, I've been finding this whole process awful. Like really, really awful. And she goes, poor oh, Megan, why is that? Poor British Megan. Just oh, yeah. Megan I mean, hates, hates making a fuss about things. And I was like, because, because... Everyone is out to get us, right? We're first-time buyers. We're ignorant. We're naive. Everyone is out to get. And she's like, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that. There's actually someone at my um, at my company who acts as a as a buyer's agent, right? Who I'd love to put you in touch with. And I was like, I do not want this. No, mm. that's fine. And she's like, no, I'll, I'll get him to give you a call. This was actually someone who, unfortunately, I'd given my real number to. I get a call from this guy who sounded like a he sounded like a kid and he started talking to me like are you a buyer's agent and he goes oh no i'm just what's the name's assistant <laughs> oh my and so god so i was like all right mate look i'm not going to waste your time i'm getting off the phone to you i called i then looked up on the website and sure enough called there was the firm, this woman's yeah. and, and and then there was this this agent then her assistant and i was like okay i'm not i'm not so i called i called the boss i called the boss and i was like i will never come to one of your listings again because of this, right? And I just want you to know that it is this employee that has done this because they like I, they were they, they were they were pushy and condescending and so difficult to, like made me feel so uncomfortable, right? That I had to like I, I'm just not dealing with you again. And I don't think she really cared or anything, but so, whatever. Like, well, you never know. Like the first the first half of that story where she's like badgering down the driveway, I would consider that. I mean, it's annoying, but that doesn't tilt me so much. The fake buyer's agent is a that's a that's a step up. As if I'm ever going to go to a buyer's agent that is also attached to an existing real estate company, because obviously they're only going to push their listings on me. And when I go to a different one that has a different like agent in in charge of it, they'd be like, "Oh no, don't buy that. It looks awful. You yeah, know, terrible." Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry this episode hasn't been very funny, but um, it has. I like buy the process of buying a house has been absolutely awful. It's been it's been a penance and. Now having secured this, well, I say secured, there are still a couple of things I guess could, that could go wrong. We could be back here in a couple of weeks with me telling you the story about how the the contract of sale I've signed has fallen through, and that'll make for interesting listing. Um, mm. But no, with 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 it with essentially it in the it, in the bag. Um, I'm so glad it's over, dude. 
I'm so glad it's over. And I'm really happy the house we bought. I, showed, I sent you some pictures and, and, and it's, a, it's a nice house. And I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm pleased. I'm glad that we've found somewhere that is, you know, hopefully going to be a, a nice home for us for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. We'll see. It's a, it's a nice place. I'm excited for you, dude. Um, I there. I, I would not count your chickens. I would not count the house until you're sitting in it. To be totally honest yeah. with you, but yeah. I'm also hopeful for you. I think you can. You, I think you deserve to be more optimistic about the house sale going through than I do about Metal Gear Delta Snake Eater being any good. Well, I, like, I, I don't know at this stage. I don't know what could go wrong at this stage. Like finance has been approved. Um, there's not really anything unless the sellers just turn around and like break the contract which i don't think they're gonna do because i think they wanted to they wanted this place sold so but yeah i don't know but i don't know you do like it's a it's a stuff is wrong. Any... Do, yes when we bought ours ours is an apartment yeah so there's like management fees it's part oh, of the yeah, block, you took, all this you took stuff. ages to move i remember this yeah i gave our solicitor yeah uh, let me do the math real quick. One, two, th- all of the money I had. It was all mm-hmm. of the money I had that I gave them. Yes. Yeah, and all the money I, Nikki I, had. I, for oh, dude, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. All the money that I've saved over the last 10 years, just gone. Just gone, dude. And then I didn't get the house for another year. And yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I gave you all of my money. What yeah. are you doing with it? What are you talking yeah. about? Mm, mm, mm. it was a rough one so has the has the give them all the money stage happened yet no the give them all the money stage happens in a couple of weeks on settlement day um and that's the day you know that's it's when you know you play a video game and you buy like a re- the really expensive item and you're the rupees Bing, in the yeah. top right hand corner go as they like drain out of your yeah it, that's going to be uh that's going to be fun but uh that's Are all right of the opinion that you've purchased a million dollar coffin like does that weird you out at all I think if I died in this house, you've seen the pro like it's a nice house, right? If I, I, I do, house, I, it I is a I'd very nice happy. house. I do think the third pool is not in the location I okay. would have expected it. All right, back and up. the the it's, guest okay. and servants' houses, truthfully, close <laughs> to each other. Okay. But you know, <laughs> very modern of you. All right, okay. Just a couple of misconceptions here, right? There is a pool. The service quarters are nowhere near the guest center. (laughs) Of course, we would never put the help near. No, there's no servants quarters. I guess we could probably convert the laundry into a servants. Could be a bit cramped, but that's all right. I mean, only servants. Um, No, the it does have a pool. It does have a small. It's a small pool. It's not a lap pool. If you you could do a lap. You would be breaking all sorts of Olympic world records for a, a lap of the pool. Um, I would say you'd be, do, you you'd do be doing a spin. A spin, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's got a nice backyard, although it uh, is it's pretty like I don't know. It's it's not a it's not it's definitely not a. Well, look, I'll just read out the address and people can go look it up. Yeah, and see what exactly. It looks like. it just, so just tell people. I would go exactly. to. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, no. Look, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy with it. We've we've worked really hard to get to where we are with this place and i'm very glad that i hopefully won't have to deal with any more vipers uh with the process of of, of house hunting for a, for hopefully a very long time dennis so well best of luck with it dude i mean and hopefully i love the idea now you're like indiana jones you're gonna get in there it's gonna be a beautiful house 
You're going to go look under the deck for the first second they get in, full of snakes. And I'm like, damn, vipers again. Yeah. <laughs> I vipers knew this day again. would come. Yeah, look, hey, man, look, it's just occupational hazard of uh, living in Australia. In Australia. You know, yeah. and, and I t- can I tell you this? I'll be much happier to deal with actual literal vipers, I think. At least at least within, you call the snake man, he picks him up, puts him in a sack, takes him away. Can't do that with a real, can't, can't do that with a real estate agent. Thank you for listening to this episode of Have a Listen to This, your uh, weekly dose of bite-sized nonsense with uh, Riley Knight and Dennis Straniak. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. If you didn't like it, I guess tell them anyway, but um, hopefully they download it and they like it. Or if they don't, those downloads show up just the same, to be honest. If you really like the show, you head to patreon.com slash have a listen to this and support the show. Get the show a little bit early as well as some other exclusive perks and, you know, help us keep the lights and the mics on over here. 